All right, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode two of Westworld Cast, um, where we all talk about Westworld all the time. Uh, we got uh, Evan Rachel Wood in the studio. She's going to be talking about some season three secrets, you know, some tips and tricks to making it in uh, Westworld season three. But first, uh, on the day where Harvey Weinstein has been <laughs> sentenced to 23 years in jail, I'm really more excited about Evan's comments on that being a big proponent. Oh, uh, well, she's, she's shaking her head no. She has no interest in talking about that. She says it's boring, a boring subject, which I think is strange coming from her based on yeah. what I know about. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, that's... All right, Aaron, we don't have to talk about Harvey Weinstein. We I, can just talk about... Um, she looks kind of mad, man. I Did we say something to offend... You just, again, her profile, she, she seems to... Oh. Yeah, she really actually hates the news. She doesn't care about Me Too at all. Um, oh. It's interesting. Oh, you just want to talk about Instagram and just taking selfies and stuff? And just, I don't know if I want her on the show if she's just going to talk about Instagram. Uh, maybe we should do yeah, I'm, I'm giving the signal to her, her handler. Uh, <laughs> can you get Aaron out of the studio, please? We don't... <laughs> We don't have any room for this. In our I don't know show. why this happened, but I love this so much. It's a little, little problematic, Aaron. Jesus Christ. Uh, all right. Well, let's get the let's get the the narrative hey, back on track. Hey. Yeah. Now that that is done with, um, yeah. So uh, we're talking about season two of Westworld, Christian. Uh, you know, I I watched this uh, probably a month ago. You know, rewatched it just because a new season three was coming up. You watched it a bit more recently than me. And what's strange about this season and this show, if I'm being really honest with you, but especially this season, is that just due to its structure, uh, even rewatching it recently, I felt like it left my brain as soon as I had watched it. It's just a kind of a garbled mess of ideas and overlapping storylines and timelines. So I'm going to let you lead the way on this a little bit. It's a little bit fresher for you than it is for me. But um, yeah, what's your, what's your overall thoughts on season two? Right. Um, here's the thing. I mean, we, we talked a little bit when we did the part one of our show and we, we, were, we were like, I'm excited to debate you on season two. And in my memory, I was like, oh, I remember the theme. Like, I like the ideas. I like some of the, 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 the um, app, like the filmmaking techniques they use to, to, you know, signify certain things. Uh, that's what you remember. Gabriel Garcia Marquez once said that the heart uh, remembers fondly. You know what I mean? Like it, for, it forgets the past and remembers the great. And that's what's yeah. up. It's just like you guys, I feel about Westworld season two because in my mind, I'm like, look, it had problems. It's a solid eight out of 10. Ooh, all right. So rewatching it, uh, I had a much different feeling about it. And, and for a lot of the reasons that you already kind of commented on, which is uh, that the shifting timelines and it's not that it's necessarily super hard to understand what's going on initially. It's as right. the season progresses, things are just completely fucking out of whack and not in the way that season one did it, by the way. Like and I, and I think that's the thing. Season one, maybe the audience got ahead of the story, but it was still a good story you know, for, for lack of a better word, when you are trying to purposely distort and kaleidoscope your intentions, like you're going to lose some people along the way. The ideas are still good. The execution was like really fucking sloppy in season two. Uh, that's where I want to start, Max. I mean, <laughs> any, any comment on that one? Uh, it's an exhausting season of television. But as you said, um, before we started recording here, uh, the highs of season two are higher than any of the highs in season one. Right. And, and I agree. And like on this rewatch, it was actually, 
uh, more of a forgiving journey for me. Like, like I, I think I warmed up to the season a little bit more, you a little bit less. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to give it an eight out of 10. It's like a seven. I give it a seven out of 10, given my rating right out of the, right out of the gate here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, it's a very exhausting, especially the Bernard stuff, just an exhausting watch. And I have heard the, um, the creators, uh, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy talk about, uh, deliberately making it more, uh, obfuscated and confusing, uh, because Reddit had guessed if you were, uh, on Reddit at the time of the airing of season one, uh, Redditors had congregated and guessed, um, all of the plot twists well ahead of the show in season one, but that's not necessarily a problem. It was still fun for people to engage in and watch. So I think that's the mistake they made here is that that was a a problem necessarily. Right. I I mean, I don't want to bring up game of Thrones too much, but I, it felt similarly to me that like, yes, Reddit and people who had watched the show or just knew anything about fucking story felt that there were going to be these logical conclusions. Right. And they tried to swerve, but if the whole story is predicated on, Hey, the Butler did it. And then in the last fucking chapter, you're like, I don't know, the maid did it, you know, like you switch it up. It doesn't work the same way. Like likewise with Westworld, I, I feel like that's what happened. They, they, they forgot to actually have people enjoy the thing in terms of trying to hide the secret. Uh, but I would have been fine knowing that secret a lot earlier. And I think a lot of us sort of still knew that like the, the larger secret about the, the end of the, sh- the season anyway, about what the door represents and shit. But, but it just, it didn't lead to, it didn't coalesce into anything that I thought was wonderful, you know, with the exception of these like little weird solo episodes that we get uh, that, right. You know, shouldn't all TV shows just do that? We talk about my boy Lindelof all the time, and we're like, you know, he's at his best where he, like, says, fuck off everyone else. Let's just focus on one person. But likewise, I feel like that's most shows. Uh, This season, two standouts for me. Lisa Joy, I believe, directed with. I I don't remember the episode, but it's the Man in Black-focused episode. Uh, Right, episode three or four, right? I believe it was four, and then episode eight? Uh, Is that the the Native American uh, standalone? Uh, Echetica or whatever his name is. I'm fucking that up. God damn sure. it, dude. But, but no, I mean, that, that was one of my favorite episodes of the year that it came out. That was, what, 2018 yeah. when it aired, right? Um, and yeah, just really wonderful. And not just because of that actor. It was just, like you said, a, a more narrowly, singularly focused story where a character starts in one place and ends up in another. Um, and it gives you new information about what was, up until that point, a side character. It wasn't forecast, but it also didn't feel like they were uh, pulling the rug out from under you or pulling out all the stops to confuse you. Um, It was just this character you'd seen since season one as this sort of shadowy villain, uh, Native American archetype. And now, oh, no, he's something else. And this is what his journey was. And that was kind of fucking wonderful. Well, and I think that's the problem you have whenever you do these ensemble shows in general, right? And and it makes you appreciate the shows that have such large ensembles that are still able to really service these people. Like, that episode made me think, oh, that's a hint. Like, all of these people might have some beautiful little story to be told, you know what I mean? Right. But, like, more often than not, we're not going to get that. Even the Man in Black episode, which I fucking adore, because you want to talk about finally leaning into the Western tropes in a, like, cinematically beautiful way. Uh, they right. kill that in that episode. Everything about that episode works, but it's still a character that we know. It does give right. us another dimension and it does change him slightly. He, I mean, good. He, by the way, can I tell you, the one highlight of this is still he makes the dude drink the fucking nitro and then blows them up. Like, oh, yeah. that is so fucking metal, dude. 
Yeah, it's like whenever this show just stops being a sci-fi show that is masquerading as a Western, just right. is a Western, it's like fucking lit. Like, I just want that show most of the time, you know? Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm also basic as fuck, I guess. No, it's, you're not, you're not. I, here's the thing. All right, there, there are some things that we do need to talk about in terms of, like, what uh, ideas and themes they're talking about throughout the yeah. season, uh, uh, Jonah and, and Lisa. Uh, I, I think... You know, and I've told you this, you did Ancestry.com a while back, and I was like, I should do that. And then I just smoked the wrong joint or something. I got really scared about it because I read something that was like Westworld that was just like, yo, these fuckers, like, you, you're you going to give a blood sample? Like, they're going to recreate oh. you. They're going to, like, yeah, digital no, I, DNA. I didn't, get my, I didn't do the DNA thing. Like, Jesus Christ. What, no, no, what? I know you didn't, but I didn't okay. know that at the time. <laughs> like, and oh. that was the next step because you could do, like, paper uh, Ancestry.com and then the DNA one. And... I don't know. And what's the other one? 20. There's like a, it's a the numeric 23 and me. Yeah. Um, oh, the fucking nightmares here. Our national nightmare max is coming. Yeah. I'm telling you. And I'm pretty sure I heard 23 and me got hacked or is susceptible to hacking or something like that. And it's like, yeah, okay, well probably shouldn't be just handing out our DNA. Right. Uh, and then that's kind of something they, they toy with. Right. And they also toy with the idea of uh, like immortality and amortality. Right. There's a right. lot of interesting fucking themes in the, in the season. Right. Well, yeah, it gets into the larger point of uh, Delos's interest in the park, which is, you know, we're using the park experience as a way to map uh, human behavior and to steal identities and to uh, pilot um the possibility of making someone uh, live forever in, in a robot body. You know, can, can we map someone's human brain and imprint it onto a, uh, a robot? It even goes a little bit further than that and it will tie into another show that we will talk about a little bit later, which is uh, Alex Garland's FX series, uh, Devs. Because I think in that regard, they tread some similar territory and it's interesting how both kind of auteurs have, uh, have have gone about it. But yeah, yeah the, the Westworld thing just became a nightmare very quickly because i know like the technology and all that seems so far-fetched but mm -hmm. i don't know man technology has a way of accelerating you know <laughs> like we just look at where right. we were 10 years ago or 25 years ago like the exponential growth is this horrific thing that all of this could very well happen in our lifetime uh and i like the idea like so i was talking about cinematically things i really like throughout this season something they did was anytime they would go to the forge i believe it's called right like where all the uh the the the, the consciousness if you will of of the hosts are hanging out they would do this uh cinematic they would they would bring it in to fucking uh what what ratio was it 169 aspect ratio did they bring it to 69? I thought it was a, a higher or a more narrow frame. But in any case, like, yeah, they, you see the bars and suddenly, like, it represents both where you are, um, but kind of gives that dreamlike uh, aesthetic to what's going on. Uh, and, and also, I like the idea that that's the one place that we get Anthony Hopkins, you know, more or less. Like, I think that Tony was something. Hopkins. Yeah, as what? soon as I saw Tony Hopkins, I was like, fuck yeah, this is what this season needed. <laughs> well, you said that last week. You said you uh, the absence of him is certainly felt in this yeah. season. I don't know if he's in season three at all, by the way. I mean, he might be. I yeah. assume. They I, found I, a way I, to keep I, him yeah, alive. I, I feel like they, they would have to struggle a little bit to find a way to shove him in there. But right. it would be dope if he was there. Like, because again, it's Tony fucking Hopkins. I mean, what are we it, talking about? It is annoying that, like, I mean, I guess, like, so he does the selfless 
selfless thing. He, he gets killed at the end of season one. and But it's not even like, oh, I'm so brave. I'm doing this. It's like, my mind's fine. All right. As long as you don't put it into a host, like, I'm good. I can stay in San Junipero forever. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's just like, I, I, it's, it would be weird that they would just keep bringing him back in a, in a more reductive role. Like, he did something great. Like, you mm-hmm. saw your, your paradise. Now just go live out the rest of your West World. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. That's all, I, that's all he ever wanted. He was just a weird guy with a lot of money that wanted to live in an old West town <laughs> doing it. How do you feel about some of the other arcs? Like, uh, you know, Dolor- Dolores and Teddy. Now I want to say, I think Marsden doing really wonderful work in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who stormed out of our studio earlier. Uh, yeah. She, I, and I love her. I think she's a wonderful actress. I really specifically thought she was amazing in season one because she would have to go between the, the, the levels of Dolores as a robot, you know what I mean? Right. And this is the one it feels very much one note. And also I don't feel that transformation. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I, it's I a writing or an acting thing. And I wanted to ask you. Uh, I don't think that the show put in the narrative uh, work to make that convincing or to sell us on the idea that Dolores is some merged personality. They told us that she was, that they merged Wyatt with Dolores. And now that's creating some sort of, unified consciousness or whatever but the idea of like her going from you know the rancher's daughter to being this sort of homicidal on a war path uh robot um i I don't know like i I feel like they could have done a little bit more work to get us there for sure to to make us at least understand her a little bit better because like i still walked away from the season not being a hundred percent clear on why she wanted what she wanted or what exactly her goals meant to her um, if that makes sense, even though they explicitly say it, I just never really believe it doesn't it. connect. I know I, yeah. I completely agree. And yet at the same time, what I think is fucked up is that her, like in about execution, I think there's a way to do that, but you have to put in the, the foundation, like you said, because Teddy's arc is really fascinating to me because oh, again, it, it's this idea of like <laughs> being controlled, like your, your destiny, your inherent nature. Yes. These things are creations and they're artifice, but are they, at what point does that line get crossed? And at what point are you really you? I honestly believe even though he's a robot, like Teddy's Teddy, he's a good guy. You know what I mean? Like he is, he, when, when he's kind of unshackled, even though he's not fully unshackled, right. And, and when he's not fully mm-hmm. conscious, he still has that morality. I don't think that's guided by anything other than who he is. So when Dolores goes in and she ends up reprogramming and making him this full black hat, it, it's kind of heartbreaking, man. And Marsden is doing really this fucking, he's killing it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh it's pretty great. Um, And I, I do feel, uh, I feel for Marsden a little bit that, I don't know. He didn't even get like more, more time to. Cause he's in theory, he's completely out. Right. Like that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. Because like, that's pretty much like the last that we're going to see of his character. Um, I, I don't know. It go, it goes places for sure. And I understand what they were doing. That's the frustrating thing about this show is I always understand what they're going for. It's just the execution is not always there. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, old Shogun World. I, I really do because I was going to say Maeve for me was one of the like fucking highlights of season one as well. And a season that wasn't always like spectacular, like she always kind of did wonderful, wonderful work. And also, even though we find out in season two that she wasn't the first host to maybe you know see the maze and and, and figure yeah. out uh, self uh, consciousness sentience, uh, but she's the one that we first see. So there is like this emotional connection to her. Uh, going into the season, we knew that was she being controlled? Like all this revolution, all this descent, the ability to control hosts, all that stuff. Was she able to do that because of programming or is she on her own thing? She wants to go find her daughter. 
uh, and we think that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So that's our, that's our going, uh, that's, that's, that's like our setup. And then it's really diff, uh, like, um, I'm sorry, what's the word? I'm like? It's really uh, upsetting, man. It's really annoying. It's disappointing is the word I'm looking for that that kind of gets biffed in the execution too. Certainly not all of it. There are things to like. <laughs> yeah, biffed. I mean, it's just what I'm, I can say trumped. I don't know. Are we going to use that like in the parlance of our times or do we just let that fucker die of Corona? Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean for it to go there. Um, <laughs> are they going to swoop in? Are they going to swoop in now? Um, no, but uh, it was disappointing to see how the Maeve stuff didn't always connect, even though there were interesting ideas. Again, it's a season full of really interesting ideas done in kind of haphazard ways. Um, and is there something specifically about the Maeve storyline that you want to talk about? Oh, yeah. I just really don't like Shogun World like at all. Like, I feel like it was just this detour that led us to literally one moment that kind of makes it worth it, which is mm -hmm. when you realize that they're just carrying over the West World uh, storylines and imprinting them onto Shogun World or vice versa, which is a commentary on storytelling. And I know that you love that, too. But you can do it in 10 minutes. Half, yeah, for to do, sure. <laughs> spend two and a half uh, episodes to get us there. It yeah. felt like uh, a lot of treading water. Like it felt like just narratively, like they were just sort of spinning their wheels. Like we didn't really get anything out of Shogun World um, that was cinematically cool enough, like reveling in the, you know, the tropes of the samurai genre right. uh, to justify it or on a story level. Really. Which I was going to really say, just, like, oh, go ahead. Maybe going from Westworld to Shogun World back to Westworld? Is that right. your understanding of it too? It's Fury Road basically, but Fury Road actually had stakes and emotions. You know what I mean? Right. It, like, was, it was like honestly dope when Mad Max was like, I say we go back. We gotta go back. Yeah, I know. I'm like, fuck, uh, we can't outrun this shit. We going yeah. back. I'm like, uh, Yeah, right. no, it, it, Shogun World really makes me mad because I remember initially I was like, fuck man, what they're doing for obviously for Leon and, and for John Ford and for a lot of these like Western directors, they can do for Kurosawa. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a real missed opportunity in that. The actors were wonderful, by the way. Everyone's doing their best. I mean, everyone's killing it. Um, yeah. But the, the, the whole idea of yes, they're, they're commentating or making a comment on the creative process and how we recycle these ideas like that's great that's five ten minutes you can have them on the road like oh look it's the same shit and then we keep going you're right the the entire season is at the expense of of the character development you know what i mean yeah. like we're obfuscating the story and we're trying to tell this cool groovy story but we're not remembering to make us give a shit about the characters we already do care about but that capital sort of runs Oh, it runs runs out eventually, you know. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't really do anything with her. I guess the most exciting thing they kind of did with Maeve um, is to really solidify that whole MLK Malcolm X. Like, you know, they were going about this two different ways. This this revolution between her and Dolores, but like but, overall, but again, it's really like, disappointing. It do like, and I'm sure season three will get into this more. But wouldn't it be great going into season three for you to fully understand what? differentiates Maeve from Dolores where they're ideologically split because like I have like some fuzzy idea but like mm -hmm. I don't really understand why they're like that's going to be the showdown you know in this show like it, it isn't really set up in a clear way right it's not like Maeve is uh on the complete opposite spectrum like every yeah. human she's saved for the most part has been out of like necessity or like right. she needs to get something like done they, they're the exception to her rule or something but it's like yeah 
Right. Like it's not, it's not like her hands are clean. Like that's the thing that's fucked up. Her and Dolores, I think are more aligned by the way that's been written on the page and shown on the yeah. screen than they are these diametrically opposed people. And maybe that's a shift they really need to start making. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Maven season three. I've seen Nazi stuff and, uh, I'm confused, but I love it. I just, <laughs> right. Is she going to go to Nazi world, but it seems like the park is done at this point, or is it just West world that's done? But, but okay. So you're getting into larger fucking thing. Do you mind if we, uh, uh, swerve for a second to the man in black uh, sure. because the man in black gets a post credit scene which is an ever increasing trend apparently with TV shows I ain't mad at it but it's right. like okay uh, where his dead daughter's like hey what's up right. you're dead well we should probably mention that his <laughs> daughter shows up <laughs> yeah played by some lady she's really and, great actually uh, she's yeah, great some lady shows up and she's like, "Ah, oh, dad, I'm, I'm coming here to bring you back. And then she dies. And then, well, uh, come, hold on, Max, let me do a little table <laughs> setting. Come on. Cause, because it does give us a little bit more of who the man in black is as a person, which is oh, like, yeah, no, um, I, I liked the background. Like I liked all the man in black stuff. Ed Harris is great. And that storyline is clear and you understand mm-hmm. it. Like that's right. sort of like the, the running trend here, but go ahead. Well, I just want to say, I mean, so uh, we don't have to tell people who are listening to this have obviously seen it, but what I like about that uh, is the whole first season about it, I learned to be who I was and he's so happy to be who he was, right? And yet his wife finds out, she sees his Westworld files, which like, is that just on a tablet for any reason? Like, I'm trying to remember why that was just readily fucking available. I know it's like on a little chip or whatever, but like, why are you, whatever, anyway. Uh, but so his his wife sees all that, takes her own life. Daughter doesn't really understand that, but the mom leaves a thing. Daughter sees the same things. And he is so mortified by that, right? One, he doesn't believe that she's real. Thinks that all of this is forward fucking with him because he's that goddamn proud or whatever. Uh, and right. ends up killing his daughter. And only after he kills his daughter does, does he see that she had seen him. And he's mortified by that. And I thought that was interesting because like everything about this cat previous to now was like he had no fucking... Uh, hang-ups about who he was and he didn't care who saw him for who he was you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so it's like and I I like in that moment he maybe it was because he didn't want to be a monster to his daughter like motherfuck the fact that he was a monster to her his whole life maybe it was distant uh it was a bad fight I don't know any of that because they don't really go into it but like the the fact that she saw him for him really freaked him out you know what i mean uh right. and i i thought that was very fucking interesting and then it kind of gets into his post credit scene which that's when you're talking about like hey the park seems to be done but is it because once again it looks like we're fucking with timelines like we don't know when that is because we know in the west world park all of the hosts or whatever walk through the the door and their consciousness is sort of uploaded into this host afterlife. Right. We don't know for sure if that happens in the other parks. We just know it happens in Westworld. That's true. Yeah. Fuck. But it, yeah. And like also like, I, I don't know. Like, like, yeah. So what's going on in the other parks? That's my question. I guess season three will answer that. Well, again, I there's no way that like Maeve's just hanging out. Like she didn't time travel is my point. So it it seems pretty clear it's got to be like like I don't know who would build Nazi World Ford, but uh, you know like I I mean to be fair, like he he built the Raj World and he built Shogun World. Like he built like we we talked about this when we were watching it, but each park it's been clear um, is sort of modeling a time in history, a time in a place in history where a There's some oppression has been yeah. subjugated or oppressed, right? Um, like colonial British India and uh, freaking wild West and 
Right. Yeah, but that's the thing that always gets lost when you're talking about the Wild West. It's so sexy. We forget how many fucking people just straight up murdered. You know what I mean? Like, and and, and it makes a lot of sense. At the same time, it would be the one exception because it's the Nazis, you know? Like, I think that's still my thing. He's like, you're going to spend how much money to fucking build a Nazi world? And now they're doing the same things. They're building robot Hitlers. Like, they're spending a lot of capital on this. And I can only assume that if it follows the trend of Westworld, you could choose to play as... Uh, a Nazi or a Nazi. <laughs> yeah. That's your white hat, black hat option. Is like, holy shit! Um, All right, see now if they're going there, which they seem like they are, unless they invented time travel. They need to really commit to this. I mean, that's where yeah. half the season needs to be. Like you uh, get to live out your your Nazi uh, concentration camp fantasies. Like what? What is? Let me the- tell you this. Let's talk about this, man. Season mm-hmm. two, largely written. I mean, during the Trump campaign and shit like that, filmed like you know like this could be the fucking season where they do try to say some shit about they, that they just go all in yeah they could I mean, uh, it seems like they're gonna go in a, a, a socio uh political sort of commentary route with this new season right and i can only guess like we we don't know but we know that they're going to the land of the humans or so it seems right and i'm sure that there's more to it than meets the eye because it's fucking Westworld. um like i hope not man someone said that it's Someone said it's just very different. Like these next couple seasons are going to be tonally very, and I and I'm actually really excited about that because in a way yeah. you can look at Westworld as this prequel, this thing that was necessary and right. mostly fun, but to tell a just a regular fucking story. Oh my god! Which is like, what Jonathan Nolan has said is that these first two seasons were the setup, and this new season is like the actual start of the story, which is fascinating. Right. Because we always talk about the shows that we really love. Like, I really love The Sopranos, and I really love, you know, I like the beginning of Game of Thrones. But they're, and they're stories where the histories are so alive and affected everything that led us to the moment that we've watched it, right? But it's yeah. these things that we're left to imagine. Westworld's sort of like, we're going to tell the prequel first. We have no story to tell before this. And I think that's really interesting because now we get to kind of see what's up. Um, season two has a lot of faults, man, but it's still one of those things where I was never I was never bored by it. I just, it, it, the, the lasting impression wasn't there because I couldn't say, hey, this is the episode that this happened. This is the episode that this happened with the exception of those two wonderful fucking standout episodes. Um, yeah. There's a man, lot of good in this season. I yeah. mean, we didn't even talk about Bernard, but like uh, that that's sort of the crux of the problem and also like one of the highlights in a weird way. Um, I like the work that that actor is doing, Jeffrey Wright, because I just like Jeffrey Wright. Um, but it's also sort of the reason that the timeline becomes so fractured and splintered is because we're somehow viewing uh, this season through his perspective, his fractured jumping in time perspective. Right. Um, so it's like it's a cute narrative trick, but it gets old very fast. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot to like here. Uh, I don't want to like I'm still giving it a seven out of ten, but uh, not my favorite season. Yeah, I mean, I like when Len gets killed. That's pretty cool. The writer, the little smarmy fucking uh, British writer. Necessarily, too. Right. He could have very easily continued living. That was not a necessary sacrifice. So, like, sir, uh, it's okay. Please stop pointing right. the gun at it. Right. Like, no. Got to sacrifice myself for my friends. It's like, sir, we really don't no, want to. Kill not even for his friends, for his own bullshit like legacy, for his the glorification of the story that gets told. You know what I mean? God damn it! I liked when he was killed. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, season like you know, I I I feel like this has been more of a general conversation on season two. Um, mm-hmm. and and 
I think that's by design because I couldn't even begin to be like, hey, let's do this episode by episode. How the fuck could we? It's yeah. If we tried to chart the narrative structure of this season, we would we could devote an entire podcast to it, and it wouldn't be a good podcast because we wouldn't have fun doing it. Right. Well, before we before we get on to the season three of it all, let's let's go back to the man in black of it all. The post credit scene. Post credit scene. It appears that a bunch of time has passed. The once pristine labs are now decrepit and overgrown with brush, uh, and the man in black finds himself in a very similar situation to in the episode we mentioned earlier which what's do you remember the name of the episode no. the art of something i feel i feel like it's the art of something but yeah so the man in black episode from earlier you see a young william uh talking to a james delos and trying to do a fidelity test the fidelity test is to make sure that uh you know we get the same answers every single time from when we eventually put your consciousness into a host uh and it starts off pretty good and then gets to a certain point and it always malfunctions, which isn't very good. And then he's like, hey, we'll get it. But then we see old William show up. They never got it. You know what I'm saying? And everyone who ever gave a shit about bringing him back is already dead. So what's the fucking point in bringing you back? You know what I mean? He just leaves them down there. So anyway, at the very end of the episode, he ends up there himself and he sees his daughter. Well, I don't know how that's possible. His daughter's dead. Or maybe she wasn't. I don't know. We're going to find out all of this in season three. But it, the, it, it is implied strongly that the man in black is a host although in the previous scene he's digging through his arm you know like looking for 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 the thing so so they leave it in a really interesting ambiguous place because we don't know what that time jump is but again as always fucking with the timelines and i wonder if they can if they can make that less annoying in season three that's my biggest concern Mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll find out. I know Man in Black is in this season. He's like, I'm going to save the fucking world. Um, so looking forward to that. It's all I the best he, lines. Low key becomes the actual hero of this show. Uh, well, we want transformation. Yeah. We want transformation. How do you go from a white hat to a black hat? How do you, you go back to a white hat? You know, like, and and that would be interesting because again, like, I'm speculating for the entire series now, but like, I we like those kind of arcs, and we like when they're that's like a final act thing. Like this dude's old and spent years and years and years being a bad person. Maybe he has a shot to be a good person. Also, in terms of giving him good lines, it's like you said you recognize death, but you didn't you didn't recognize him sitting across from you just now. Like fucking God, such a badass, Ed Harris. We don't deserve you. You're amazing. Season three of Westworld got Jesse Pinkman jumping up, and it's set in a futuristic uh, Los Angeles, um, right. which I'm excited about, and uh, perhaps Nazi Germany. We don't know. There's so much we don't know about the show. The one thing, like I said, I hope for, and I think you as well, is like maybe simplify the story now. You know what I mean? Like, right. just Just tell a good story from front to back let's we'll see how that works i have almost no faith man like and i and i and i'm and i love them i love the show like I, i'm yeah, wondering now that they've taken the show of- out of the west if i'm still gonna love it you know what i mean that's what i'm scared of right. i mean it hits a lot of those buttons of like oh it's like western tropes meets sci-fi tropes meets heady concepts meets philosophy meets fun pulpy characters and it's like a lot of things i like right just like simplify it nolan come on lisa joy you're killing me. Get out of here. Anyway, that was Westworld season two. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Westworld cast. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood has left the studio. She stormed out. Um, so we will not be able to ask her for any of her best season three stories. But that's fine. Uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Um, maybe do an episode by episode reviews. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how compelling 
this season is. Bye.